entered on slavery, the white folk got whipped too. Really. And there was, and you know, um, all the, the like whippings or whatever, mm -hmm. like it was, it was just common there, like the white people were whipped too. Those remember before when she said that slavery stuff, slavery and stuff, now it's whippings and stuff, that stuff. You know, like every single like, country's dairy because it was just really unproductive. And there was, and you know, um, all the the like whippings or whatever mm -hmm. that stuff. Like it was, it was just common there. Like the white people were whipped too. You know, like, and there was, and you know, um, all the the like whippings or whatever mm -hmm. that stuff. Like what? White folk was beef. Things were common back in those days. Everybody got beat, even white people. <laughs> what Dr. Zeus cat in the hat revisionist white supremacist history bullshit is that? Matter of fact, for good measure, white folk got beat more than black people. Everybody was in slavery. <sighs> and you know, um, all the like whippings or whatever mm -hmm. that stuff. Mm -hmm. like it was it was just common there like the white people were whipped too and like mm -hmm. they there were there was more reported lashings of like the white people down there than there was the black people science resources bitch wow that's right out of the white supremacist cookbook of disinformation you know that's why they don't want no crt up in the school <laughs> She said there was more recorded whippings of white people than black people. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she gets a history lessons from the old right. <laughs> this chick is wild. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm happy that uh, Mike TV has a new target. I mean, yeah, he was getting so I was damn tired with that Kevin Samuel shit. You know, when he started going after the brother, you know, after he passed, I wasn't feeling that shit. You know, um, really don't like him still that much. You know, got a lot more to prove, but at least he got a new talking. Get your old right coloring books. <laughs> Another crazy thing, when race relations got really bad in the U.S. Mm -hmm. like in the 60s, mm -hmm. race relations were getting better before that. But what happened was a huge group of people from the South migrated. So she's telling you that now. Understand, she just talked about the 60s now. She said before the 60s. So from 1900s to from 1900s to 1960s, what about the bombings of the Black Wall Street? What about Rosewood? What about Wilmington? What about Philadelphia? So that was, those were the good days? Race relations were good? Oh, it only went downhill after that. Oh, so the bombings of Black Wall Street, that, that was the top of the, oh, those were the good old days, according to Pearl. She's sitting here naming what it was. The avalanche of lynching around America. She's sitting here naming what it was. She's sitting here saying exactly what it was and telling you, oh, 
And before 1960, race relations were good. And then all those black folks started migrating north. Wait a minute, if race relations were good before 1960, then why is it that black people migrating would suddenly turn race, race relations bad if things were good? All right, so on that part, she's unintentionally being truthful. She's being truthful, but unintentionally. And she doesn't know the facts, so she doesn't even state it correctly. Now, I would say she's right. She is right. Race relations did get worse once we migrated out of the South. Once we started to move into areas where we traditionally weren't known to be, which was mostly the South, yes, it did cause further issues. It did spark up more um, racial turmoil, so to say. We started to flood the coastal cities. We started moving up into these big metropolises up in New York and Boston and all of that, right? And aside from just the whole color racial issue, you know, it's also we became competition for housing, competition for jobs, for the resources. You know, before this, what, 90% of us were in the South? Even to today, the majority of us are still down South. 60% of us are still in the South. I think they say 17% of us live up in the Northeast Corridor. That's us up here in New York, Boston, even Chicago and all of that, and the Midwest and all of that combined. And I think it said one-tenth of our population is in L.A. So we're still uh, concentrated mostly in the South. But, yeah, the reason why this took place is because they were like, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the emancipation proclamation, and I understand they're free, and I understand all of that, but, you know, uh, you ain't got to put them in my backyard. Right? I wasn't talking about this type of integration. This type of integration is too close for comfort. You know, when they started seeing us all of a sudden walking down the streets, coming into their towns, when they was in Boston and saw us walking, like, whoa, 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 what's this? What's going on here? The was too close for comfort. And, and you know where I think she gets this revisionist history from? Uh, this sounds like something she got from Thomas Sowell. Yeah, she was reading his books and got this from Thomas Sowell. You know, it's probably a reference to something like Booker T. Washington. Remember Booker T. Washington made that speech. They called it the uh, Southern Compromise, right? And, and um, they also, what did he say? The, 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 the crux of that speech was uh, Black Americans need to lay their buckets down, right? So we need to lay our buckets down. We need to stay right here in the South. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Uh, build up uh, build ourselves up through education, through the trades, through agriculture, you know, build up our economic educational infrastructures, you know, build our own banks, our own factories, our own churches, our own neighborhoods. Don't force integration on these white folk. We'll eventually um, integrate, but let's do it from a position of power. Let's make sure we got our own shit, much like the Jews. And then when we do integrate, we won't be begging them for jobs like we're doing now. So Prophet Booker T. Washington was correct. We integrated way too soon. Okay? But I, I will I, I agree with that one point, you know? Uh, but uh, not the part where she said race relations were good. No, it wasn't no such thing as race relations was good. Everything was great. But then it just got fucked up because blacks started to move out of the South. No, race relations weren't just good and great and all of that. You know what I mean? It just happened to be a law on the books that said you couldn't practice it. That's what changed. 
So, but on that one little part, you know, yeah, race relations probably did um, escalate when ex-slaves moved into areas where they traditionally just weren't before. Much the same to where we would probably look at it today. No, I ain't even going to compare this. Yeah, niggas ain't going to get on me. All right, that's that. Fair use, fair use. So you're not just contradicting yourself, you're just lying. Now, she knows what she's saying isn't accurate, but that's propaganda. But yeah, folks, she's telling us that in the 1910s, 1920s, read the autobiography of Malcolm X when he talked about black folk. If you couldn't get any type of help from uh, public assistance or something, black folk starved. It's in his autobiography. And remember, before what the New Deal, you couldn't, you know, welfare was only reserved for white women. They gave the money to the states and they would only give assistance to white women. Yeah, those were the good old days in the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s. Jim Crow, segregation, black folk being killed if they came on the wrong side of town. Yeah, those were the good old days in Pearl's eyes, if you let her tell it. Those were the good old days, according to uh, your good friends over there at Valuetainment. Those were the good old days. Nothing that they need to speak against. No problems at all. Where they had in the end of the South, yet they only produced like stereotypes and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was just common there. Like the white people were whipped too. Mm-hmm. And like they, they were, there was more reported lashings of like the white people down there than there was the black people. Cite your sources, bitch. Another crazy thing. Another crazy thing. When race relations got really bad in the U.S. Mm-hmm. like in the sixties, mm-hmm. race relations were getting better before that. But what happened was a huge group of people from the South migrated. Mm-hmm. So when like then you would see race relations get bad. Mm-hmm. So like in the twenties, thirties, forties, basically, and I might I might be butchering the years. They um, how do I say this? They, race relations were getting better and they measured this with like instances of hate crimes were going down. There's less like they weren't, they weren't, they didn't have the like no blacks allowed signs. The the interracial marriages were going up. Folks, if they didn't have the no blacks allowed signs in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, then why in the hell did you need desegregation? Why did you need Brown versus Board of Education? Why did you need that? Why did you need the Civil Rights Acts of the 60s if there weren't signs saying no coloreds allowed? You got water fountains that said whites and coloreds. You got water fountains, civic services, whites and coloreds, restaurants, white entrance, colored entrance. You got folks in up here saying this, and it, why in the world did you need that? Why did you need to have a Civil Rights Act in the 60s? Couple of them. Why did you need to have that if those if there were no no colors allowed signs? Why did you need it? So just understand, a white supremacist will sit here and she's talking to a little brown bimbo over there. They will sit here and say nonsense to you if they think you don't know better. It isn't because Pearlie is ignorant. It is because she sees herself in a racial conflict, and the tool that they use is erasing history. 
and simply saying that didn't happen. And when you bring them proof, they'll say that's just one place. And if you show them 10 places, well, that's just 10. And if you show them 1,000, they'll say, well, you know, there was that was just a crazy year that was happening. And if you show them a decade, well, it was just a crazy decade. But they are here to fight against reality and facts. They're here to fight against it. And a huge influx of, of the population from the South came in. That's when you see the the race relations get bad again. The signs come up, people. So do you think America, do you think the people that were brought over to America were the more vulnerable? That way they were able to be more like malleable to a different a different life because they were weaker and everything. They were able to be controlled more. Do you think that's a thing? I mean, partially, yeah. I think. Ben Shapiro quote tweeted that and said, "The surest sign of anti-Semitism is to accuse no. a Jewish person." Yeah. He called you an anti-Semitic. Ben. Yeah. I love Ben. Ben. And I guess he probably said the same thing about Candace Owens. She loves Candace. Because they were weaker and sign of anti some racist shit. You know, he was just jokingly said, yeah, because he's black. It was Pearl that initiated that. He just said, yeah, because he's black. But then he looked over to him and he was like, yeah, guy, I'm just shitting with you. Just giving you a hard time. That's it. See, I got to understand, sometimes white supremacists do know how to carry themselves in public. So I'm quite sure, you know, uh, uh, I'm not trying to uh, speak for Pearl or anything like that. But quite possibly behind the scenes, people have these discussions. You know, you're not going to berate my employees. You're not going to be using the N-word. You're not going to be nasty. And possibly before the show starts, he go around and shake everybody's hand. And then get the show started. You know, every uh, white supremacist or white nationalist is not a 100% of the time verbal Nazi. Does that make any sense? Like, not defending none of these niggas. But... 
It's not that Nick came right to the studio. Oh, y'all got niggas here. What the fuck? Like, people do not conduct themselves like that for the most part. All right? That's the caricature. And, and that's the shit we see when they're in a crowd of three, four thousand fully armed. But when they by themselves, they're nothing like that. They even come off as nerds and bookworms and incels like your man Nick here, the 23, 24-year-old virgin. Um, shout out here to um, Mike TV for putting up his video because he was like me in a lot of regards here. Pearl is trying to go back through her videos now and she's trying to scrub them. She's trying to go back and sanitize her video library. So Mike TV basically downloaded that video. He's been monitoring her for a while. And he downloaded the video, and it's a good thing he did because she's removed the video. So the video of the clips y'all see me playing from the beginning there, by the way, she's taking that video down. Sound familiar? Yeah. Just like she took down this video. So she's so proud of her work. She's such, she's so, so not anti-black. She's such a non-white supremacist that she's scrubbing her videos and removing them. Yeah, she's no white supremacist. That's why she's deleting videos all over the place. Yeah, the further you dig back in the crates in the archive here, you're just finding more and more and more. It kind of puts that whitest girl in the world shtick she used to have. It kind of puts that in a new context, doesn't it? Yeah, she is scrubbing videos. I've actually went back to look for videos, and they've actually been gone. And you're correct, Pearl ain't stupid. She knows what she's doing. And that whole whitest girl in America, like innocent white girl, don't know shit, that's a gimmick. Kind of puts it in a new context. The more you dig, the more of this stuff you find. When folks sitting up here telling you it's not what you think it is. Okay, blessing was more like, uh, late African. <laughs> 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 I'm giving you a hard time. I don't mean that. No, he's really offended. <laughs> I mean, look at the laughter. This is this is the face and the sound of ignorance on racism. This isn't knowledge, knowledgeable racism. This isn't conscious racism. This is just ignorant. I'm Italian. The only times I'm on time for things is when I like get the time wrong. When I think I'm supposed to be there way earlier than I'm actually you supposed on to be there. Because I thought I was supposed to be here at three. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I texted you. I texted you, I'm on my way because I thought I was already 10 minutes late when I was leaving. details of it but yeah that's that's the that's the gist yeah i mean but you kind of deny it happened yeah, i deny some of the you, parts of you it you deny parts of it don't seem realistic to you right. i think they're embellished upon i think they're embellished yeah the same way this sounds gosh oh boy ah they're gonna get it sounds it sounds similar to the slavery stuff too because that's that's literally they they the founder of or the guy who made roots said i wanted a myth for my people to live by so they often but that's what they do is they 
Does that sound like ignorant and uninformed to you all? That she can sit here and rattle off supposed names and dates and times of history. She can sit here and name off Alex Haley, the guy who wrote Roots. She can sit here and name Thomas Sowell and Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro and Nick Fuentes. At what point do you have, have you seen enough evidence that it lets you know, hey, she knows exactly what she's saying. She is completely knowledgeable of what she's saying. How many passes you going to give? How much of obvious evidence are you going to disregard and ignore before you say, well, yeah, this person knows how much you got to see. What does she got to say? Let me tell you, people. Yeah, I mean, she speaks with too much context to be oblivious. And then how you talking about you read Thomas so well, and you know he did 80 books on slavery. So if you've read a couple of those, how you don't know about slavery? And then you talk about you love Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro. And they're experts in it too. <laughs> they're expert in revisionist history of it. So nah, you're not oblivious. And then as far as roots and slavery, roots was an embellishment. Slavery wasn't, you know. They had to embellish the roots because there was just things they couldn't show on TV. I mean, this, what was this? What channel was this on back in the days? Was this like an ABC uh, late night special or something? Yeah, what you expected them to show? Real blood? Like real teeth being cracked out the mouth? Real hangings? Real grapes? No, man. The embellishment was to actually you know, not show what was really going on, what really took place. So the embellishment was the actual suppression of what was actually done. You know, the brutality, the inhumaneness, right? You know, suppressing that was the embellishment. Not that they just made up stuff that didn't really happen. You know, when you when you say they embellished it, it's like you're insinuating that he put stuff in there that didn't happen. If anything, they suppressed the, the frequency in which things happen. Okay. But if you ask me, uh Nick Fuentes, he didn't go up there with any intents and purposes of giving the black community a soundbite. I don't think he would mention the black community at all if Pearl had not embellished on what he said about the Holocaust. She was the one embellishing on that level. But I think Nick went up there to clean up his image. That's the whole virgin, only kiss one girl thing. You know, that's a play right there to the overall population. Like, yo, look, I'm, 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 just, I'm just a harmless virgin boy. I'm a regular American kid. So, so, so the makeover is in effect. You understand what I'm saying? So, so I don't think he went up there with any intent of, of mentioning black people. But Pearl went up there, and like I said, she started embellishing on shit. And well, you, you've seen the rest. All right, fair use, fair use. She is completely knowledgeable of what she's saying. How many passes you gonna give? How much of obvious evidence are you gonna disregard and ignore before?
where you say, well, yeah, this person knows how much you got to see. What does she got to say? Let me tell you, people. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, I caught that, right? He said the most heinous form of white supremacy is getting people to say it doesn't exist. What's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled? Fooling everybody into thinking he didn't exist. What was Mr. Z talking about on that video? <clears throat> He's talking about black immigrants. What they engaged in what? A campaign of what? White supremacy denial. And what did I call it? Benign denial, right? Which is rooted in what? Benign neglect. So when you get deputized by the benign neglector, you become a what? A benign denier. <laughs> what you talk about, Willis? White supremacy, systemic white supremacy. Wait, what you talk about, Willis? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, you know, I noticed black immigrants did quickly point out that book, you know, how Europe underdeveloped Africa, but by no means, ways, in any way, shape, form, they understand how. White supremacy here in America systemically underdeveloped the black community. You know, funny how that works, right? The benign denier. The most heinous form of white supremacy is getting people to say it doesn't exist, calling it something else, naming it something else, so that it can still sit there in the room with you. That's not white supremacy, that's ignorance. That's obviously white supremacy over there. No, that's that's silliness. That's obviously white supremacy. No, that's naive. And then the folks, understand something, the only reason that we're talking about this now is because your bigger YouTubers sat on this and refused to speak. They refused <laughs> to say anything. Why not? They want to make it like more horrible so that they can control people. I just don't buy it. I never did. At the end of the day, do I think she's some kind of race supremacist? No. Do I think she's a grifter? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I don't think she believes half the stuff that she says that comes out of her mouth. And then on racial issues, I don't even think that she's some kind of supremacist. I just think she's ignorant. That's it. I just think she's ignorant. And when a man came on the platform and said a bunch of stuff, she just didn't have the real thought or the ability to counter anything because she wasn't real real. And there was a lot of things that she was agreeing on that, you know, with whatever. What, what, what do you mean by that, dude? There was a lot of things she was agreeing on. It's like, whatever. A lot of things she was agreeing on. She was agreeing that slavery was embellished and exaggerated. She was agreeing that black people are lazy. She was agreeing that black people are not on time. That's what she was agreeing on. And she wasn't just agreeing it, she said it herself. She wasn't just agreeing, she said it herself. I'm holding nice program because, yeah, let me go ahead and get back to what I was saying here. We need to have a moment here to go ahead and have some clearing of the air. What in the world is it with our immigrant class that every time we point out white supremacy, they sitting up here explaining it away? How is it y'all are so damn comfortable with it? Like, it just doesn't bother you at all, now, unless they come after you. Now, when they start rounding you up 
and targeting you, then all of a sudden it's black fist and we all need you. No Trump. And all of a sudden it's that. As soon as Trump gets out of office and, and stop putting the bullet in your name, ain't no white supremacy. I mean, you can't find a racist anywhere. So I'm asking some simple questions here tonight. I want to know what is it about the immigrant class? Because I know my YouTube would boost it, but what is it about the immigrant class that they are just, no matter where you go, they are just totally comfortable and at home and at ease and never bothered with white supremacy. White supremacy doesn't bother them. In America, in Britain, in Africa, in Australia, in Canada, yeah, I know where they, I know where they are. In Canada, no matter where they go, white supremacy, it doesn't matter how vicious it is, history don't matter. And toss that out. We don't care about that. We're not, they're not racist. I mean, they're just ignorant. And so what ends up happening is they leave it to the sensible people to have to fight for the whole people's survival. Because these folks here are trying to figure out a way to hide from reality. They figured themselves, well, don't worry. If, if, if the race war jumps off, uh, he can just go ahead and hide behind his white girlfriend. I got a feeling that that's what King Poverty has to say there. That he thinks that if things go south, well, hey, y'all don't have a reason to come at me. I was never really going at white supremacy like this. So Nick Fuentes, if y'all want to do something, don't, don't, don't come at me now because I was never really fighting y'all, see? You know, um, well, King Richards, yeah, he played himself. I mean, there was a point where everybody was anticipating his response. Like, he actually had a stage. And he could have took a different approach, but he took the wrong approach. All he had to do was come on and say, look, guys, this is my co-worker, this is my boss, or whatever it is. This is somebody I got a working relationship with. You know, I'm going to go ahead and look at some videos and listen to the context and we'll sit down and talk to her, and then I'll do a response. Like, he could have handled it a little bit better. The callers getting in the back and forth, and then everybody heard how he was speaking to people that he thought were American. You know, he's sitting there having a conversation with the guy. Guys ask him certain questions, and then as soon as he don't like the questions, then it's like, oh, uh, look at your bro. Look at your bro. You're arguing with someone younger than your bro. They probably make more money than your bro. They fuck more girls in your country than you, bro. I probably got a bigger willy than you, bro. So so he went right into the the, the childish insults and the showing in the insults that he was hurling, the disdain, you know, that unspoken, unwritten secret, the disdain that some black immigrants called the foundation of black Americans. You know, it came out in what he said. You know, get off your block, bro. I've been more places than you, bro. You know, they got this whole thing that none of us have ever traveled. None of us have ever been anywhere. Like I said, none of us were born in wedlock. None of us know our father. None of us finished high school. None of us finished or went to college. All of us have felonies, not just criminal records. We all have felonies. This is what they this is what they made up in their mind about us. Same thing over there in the UK. Ain't no different. You know? But he goes into this whole big tangent on how he got bigger willies than niggas, how he done fuck more girls in people's country than they have. Like stupid shit that he thinks is a flex. 
I fuck more girls in your country than you, bro. Like, like he just this darn nigga. He the only nigga. Like niggas just started getting pussy when King Richards came on the scene. <laughs> you know, like us over here in America, we wasn't doing that in the eighties. What he doing now? We was doing in the eighties. We was doing in the nineties. We was doing all throughout the two thousands. But he acted like he invented getting money traveling going to different countries different states fucking out of state bitches like all of a sudden king riches made that shit up get off your block bro that's what they feel about um black america get off your block bro none of us got passports none of us have ever been anywhere first time we heard of a passport was passport bros get off your block bro Funny thing too, is it one of their most famous movies over there? Um, Attack the Block. Yeah, get off your block, bro. I fuck more girls in your country than you, bro. Stupid. You know, that, that is the dumbest flex ever, man. You're, you're arguing with someone that's younger than your bro, and you're sitting in your bedroom arguing with someone younger than your bro. Get out your block. Get out your bedroom, bro. You know. And if he is in the bedroom, this oh, man was most likely in a bedroom in a house that he bought. But he tried to make it seem like the nigga in the bedroom in his parents' house. Get out your get out your room, bro. Get off the block, bro. If it's a room inside of a two hundred, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollar house that he bought, what's wrong with him being in that room? I'm 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 not in my room, bro. You're in your room, bro. So you found that little slave master uh crusty things studio and because you get to come to her crusty ass studio, they probably gave you the little security key, uh keypad so you can get in the door. But I bet you the day after she get rid of your ass, I bet you that key, that key, that code don't work no more. So yeah, it was a bunch of silly shit. <laughs> that by just making a yeah, statement, uh, a, a statement of non-statement. I don't know enough, y'all. I don't this let me do some research. But like I said, the reason why he didn't really have that feeling or so-called is playing stupid and didn't know is because, like I said, I got to realize, man, black immigrants cannot be expected to empathize with foundational black Americans. They just don't empathize with us. They empathize with their own story, the story that made them have to leave, that made them have to flee. Haitians sympathize with their story. Africans empathize, sympathize with their story. Not much, very much the black American story. We gotta stop thinking that our story is 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 valuable to them. It's not. You would think it is. Hey, y'all live with the beats and y'all rose up from nothing. Y'all fought them and y'all made it to where these beats had to give y'all rights that we can now come over here and benefit from. I mean, you would think that we would be respected for that. But we're far away from the generations that made that possible. Now, a lot of us know that a lot of that is because a lot of immigrants that came over here and mixed in with us, and now everything is flat blackness. Only thing Nigerians do is become doctors. A million of cab drivers and dollar van drivers I see every day. That's a fragment or a fragment of my imagination. All they are are doctors and engineers and nurses, nothing else. You know, all Jamaicans are plumbers and carpenters. You know, all the drug dealers I see, all the dope houses I see, 
Those aren't real Jamaicans. Those are all the fragment, fragment of my imagination. All the Haitians I see out here so pounding it up, selling drugs, shooting guns, wilding out. You know, most of the things that get killed in the streets out here in Brooklyn are Haitian, believe it or not. I'm on the ground, nigga. Most of the niggas out here that get killed on the street in New York City are Haitian, Jamaican, and Dominican niggas. Because those are the ones that's really in the streets like that. Up in the Bronx and up in Harlem and in certain parts of Brooklyn. So it's flat blackness. So they have no affinity for what, what it is we went through. That's why they don't understand. That's why when Pearl was saying the things, it wasn't an insult. If there were foundation of black Americans, all of that would be an insult. Slavery was an embellishment. Remember, that don't affect them. That don't affect King Riches. That don't affect Aunt Jenny or whatever her name is. That affects us. They don't understand that it was too. They don't, they don't understand slavery denial when they hear it because they weren't slaves. Colonized. And they think that's different. Alright, so Phil, you should get back into this. And over there in value tainment, now they're shaking in their boots. And they should be, because we're taking the sheets off the white supremacists now. And you spent weeks trying to pretend that it doesn't matter or that you didn't know. So folks, when you start seeing a stable pattern of behavior popping up over and over and over again. That isn't something you ignore. The deadliest thing in the world you can do with white supremacy is pretend that you don't see it or they cow you under that you just say, you, you act like don't care. Yeah, I need y'all to start using that term, benign denial in conjunction with benign neglect. They go hand in hand. Matter of fact, it's the black immigrants version of benign neglect, right? Like that's dog whistle. What I white supremacy? Because I gotta understand that they admit systemic white supremacy exists. It suppresses the success and progress of the foundation of the Black American community. Also shows these advantages that they try to say they have over us aren't organic. So now white supremacy can't exist because then that would mean us coming over here getting PhDs and becoming doctors isn't organic. So, you have to participate in benign denial. Which is why I said at the beginning, how do you deal with a truly heinous historical act that everyone has evidence showing that it occurred? You either get people to not see it or you get people to not care. And if I can tell you that white supremacy is, well, no, it's not really white supremacy, it's ignorance. It's ignorance. And understand the next thing you understand here, folks, there's a whole bunch of folks out here who these white YouTubers and these white adjacent, white supremacist adjacent YouTubers, man, don't y'all know that's why the only thing that these fools can tell you is that they got paid. Do you all notice that? All the folks caping for these white supremacists, I'm talking about value damn it. All of them, the only thing they can tell you is they got paid. King Slouch talking about plenty of things that done plenty of things about people, you know, things she didn't have to do. Yes, she does have to do it. If she brought you there and you did work for her, yes, she does. Well, she doesn't have to employ black folk. Uh, nobody asked her to. 
Nobody demanded it. So if do y'all understand the slavish coon ass buck dancing plantation Billy Boy mindset this clown got? That if you work for Pearl, she didn't have to do that. And they make it seem like Pearl did it out of some benevolent act of kindness, like she's some missionary like Mother Teresa or some shit. No. Pearl didn't go out and set out to say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go out there and hire the downtrodden, rejected, disenfranchised black people. No. She hired y'all based on your talent. She hired y'all based on your charisma. The fact that she thought you could hold the show. The fact that she thought you bring in some views. The fact that she thought you bring in some sponsorship. She didn't do it to do you no favors. She did it to do herself a favor. So that goes to show how you undervalued yourself already. Y'all with the talent. She didn't do it out of some benevolent act, you know, of color blindness. And then you undersold yourself and you got these three-year contracts on these 70 to 30 deals, you know, on some thousand view videos. Yeah, King Rich, we see the view count. You be getting sub 1,000 videos. Most of your videos is getting 500 views, 600 views. <laughs> you got your occasional 10G1, your, your occasional 15 grand one, but yeah, she got you in that slave deal. And unless she handed out a, a, a quarterly 50K bonuses, busting your pockets with a little something. But yeah, that sound like that slave master mentality. Pearl didn't have to do that. Pearl looking out. Pearl didn't. Nah, man, she hired y'all. Y'all employees, man. I'm paying insurance. I'm paying business insurance. I'm paying workers' comp insurance. I might as well go ahead and get some fucking workers. So I have to have five for my tax breaks. She doesn't have she gave folk things didn't have to. If you work for her, she gotta pay you. That's not a charity. If you work for it, she has to pay you. So even if he works for her, well, you know, I mean, she didn't have to pay us. You know, she didn't have to pay us for that. That was just like, but that was hot. And truly, why? You're trying to put all of that on her? It's not like that. It's not like that. She didn't have to do that. I mean, she could have worked you for 14, 15 hours, you know. She didn't have to. But just because she worked you doesn't mean she had to pay you. She could She could just skip that over, mate. She didn't have to do that. Do you understand? If this fella right here, they need to come import a plantation so he can get to work. Yeah, but, but King Richards, the, the sub count and the view count isn't adding up. I mean, probably things has what, 1.5 subscribers, but she's only getting 5K, 10K viewers. Then the business over here with 70,000 uh, subscribers is getting 100K views on the videos. So, <clears throat> and I agree with uh, Jason Black too. YouTube is a white supremacist entity that signal boosts all these white supremacist channels to where they um, shadow ban and block black content creators down in the algorithm. They bury us. But you got every white boy on here got the potential to get a million subscribers and get that ad sense. So like you said, you know, they're sitting boosting them and they're making sure that they have resources. This fellow lives in a day and age where it is obviously clearly defined as employment and he's telling you it isn't. She ain't gotta pay you. She doesn't have to do that. Yes, she does. He's 
so determined to stay in good with him. He's obviously so worried that if he says the wrong thing, his white girlfriend gonna look at him crazy. Yeah, because understand how they do things there. It's okay with them if, if they fight amongst themselves. They can fight amongst themselves and that's all right. If they fight amongst themselves, one Italian, or in Nick's case, Italian, Spanish, whatever, whatever one he wants to claim this week, you all know Nick, an Italian named Fuentes, whichever one he wants to claim this week. But by the way, you notice that when the Italians are fighting with each other, okay, you just hang back. You let her take care of that. Yeah, because she doesn't want you getting it into your head that as a black man, that she has the optics of a black, of her telling a black male to put the leash on a white man. If you all think I'm overreaching or overstating it, I'm going to open up here in a moment. You can go ahead and call me on that. But by the way, yeah, when it was time to go ahead and draw down, they didn't really want him doing it. Not that he's capable. Not that he's capable. Not that he's capable or that he'd ever do it. That wouldn't happen. But I want you to recognize what you're up against here. That wouldn't happen. But I want you to recognize what you're up against. I'm going to go ahead and open up Zoom. And I'm going to open up the phone lines. And I want us to have a discussion about that tonight to our immigrants out there, both in the U.S. and the U.K. But you know what? Africa... Uh, Australia, New Zealand, where Canada, wherever. All right, let me attempt to answer that question for Jason. Um, I doubt he'll see this episode. You know, but what do they say? Um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Not when the teacher is ready, the student will appear. What does that mean? is when you ask the right questions to the right person and you get the right answers, there is a student and a teacher present. So a lot of times you can give the answer to something, but if the person doesn't ask you the question in regards to that answer, they have no clue what the fuck you're talking about. Just like y'all don't understand what the fuck I'm talking about right now. <laughs> But, but the question that Jason asked in this episode is, why does it seem black immigrants are cool with racists or deny systemic white supremacy? Take the calls. And one of the callers he had on there, I think, was a guy from Haiti. And that caller said that if it doesn't directly affect our people, like Haitians, something has to be done to a Haitian for Haitian people to feel a certain way about it, then that's what it is. He said, what happens to the foundation of black Americans is none of my concern. And I'm quite sure it's the same for those coming from Africa as well as Jamaica. Probably Jamaica with the aspects to a lesser degree because Jamaicans at least know for the most part what affects them affects us as well. Right? So this is all benign denial. This is what you see the black immigrants engaged in. Benign denial. This is rooted in benign neglect. Positionality politics, respectability politics, deny white supremacy on a systemic level when you open white validation and become the model minority. Distance yourself from the Negroes. That's what Mr. Z was talking about in the episode I played. 
episode again, Mr. Z, talking about positionality politics. Distance yourself from the Negroes. All right, Faze. I'm not like those people. I'm different. I'm a different breed. I'm a different kind. I'm more intelligent than them. I move different than them. I'm not, I'm not a threat. As a matter of fact, I'll do some of your things and I'll go after these Negroes too. You know? I'll think about old people for you. I'll think about white supremacy is not a thing also. Right? Especially if you're paying me and like Sergeant Lee Then those white folks are willing to pay you. You know, Candace Owens, anyone. And yeah, I, I think um, Sergeant Lee might have got some of the people mixed up. Many of the people that he thinks are actually not in US or actually in US, like OJ Jackson or whatnot. But, you know, he, some of the people he thinks, you know, he thinks are on in US are in US, even though, you know, West Asian Jackson may be in um, Africa right now. Yeah, he, he definitely is uh, a less of in US man that he's, you know, been to us multiple times. So, um, you know, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Tribalist, borderline racist stuff would happen. 
you know, and I get it. You want to feel surprised, you want to feel amazing. This person's a black person, and we don't really investigate their politics, which is so happy that they're getting accepted to Ivy League schools. Right? At a young age, we're so happy that they're 15 years old graduating high school, 14 years old graduating high school, they got accepted to all the Ivy League schools. Right? That's what we care about. We don't care about their politics. We don't even care how they see other black people. This is our way of showing white supremacy, white society. Look, we're not dumb, you see? There's not something inherently wrong with us, you see? The other thing doesn't make us dumber, you see? Yeah. So, positionality politics, respectability politics. He who furthers himself or distinguishes himself the most from the Negro wins. Right? And if you guys have not realized by now, there is a reward for European, Asian, Arab immigrants, Hispanic immigrants, Indian immigrants, even Black immigrants who participate in systemic white supremacy denial. You get to be a notch above the Negro. You know, the slave people in the upper mobility Olympics don't have to stay at the bottom of us. So America has a plan to bring out the foundation of Black American. Remember, the Black American is a stain on the jacket of America. We are the strongest man. So America's only plan for atonement to the Negro is through subtraction. That new beginning that America has planned is void of its ex-slaves. The sooner y'all realize that, the better off we'll be. Bunk them out. Okay. 